welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And today we're doing a something a little bit different. So each month I have been doing a masterclass on how to be happy now. And this past month in October, we talked specifically all about boundaries. And I thought it was such an amazing conversation. And I had several people miss the replay. I thought, huh, why not? Let's put it as a podcast. So listen to this masterclass all about boundaries. And if it tickles your fancy, think about coming to our November masterclass. It's always the last Sunday of the month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. All you got to do is click, click, clickety, click, get in the show notes, use the link, sign up, and you get all the reminder emails to come to this month's class, which we're going to talk about frustration. I don't know about you, but November and December, they got a little bit of frustration in them. All right, let's get into this masterclass and then stick around afterwards for another little fun kick of encouragement with me. Okay, here we go. This is the Be Happy Now series that I've been doing. And last month when I was talking to the crew, they're like, we need more work on boundaries. And I was like, yes, all of that, please. Let's do more work on boundaries. So that's what we're going to focus on in this month's Be Happy Now series is talking all about boundaries. So I've looked at the names. I know most of you guys, some of you are new faces, but I know that we are online friends. So a little bit about me. I'm Erin Wiseman. I'm family medicine boarded. I'm a DO. I bring a lot of sass into the space of female physicians through my podcast, Dr. Me First, and through my course, Burnt Out to Badass. I'm really excited to be here. And I just want to ask you guys and ask myself the question, how are you? Because honestly, before I got on the Zoom call, I was ready to like throw everyone out of the house. I got a new couch last week. I went hiking over the week. I came home. There's a red spot on my couch. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So I'm with my people now. So I'm excited to see you guys. But that's how I'm doing. I am in a there's a red spot on my new couch kind of mood. (laughs) Can anybody relate or is anybody in a more tranquil zen place than me? I just came from a wonderful hike in New England autumn weather. I just was up for 24 hours working OB. And my husband's having friends over and the house is a mess and he thinks it's okay. <laughs> uh, we've kind of just found out that our, it looks like our cabin in Colorado has survived the fires. So we're like, it's snowing. <laughs> I'm working today as a hospitalist. So it's, it's a good and bad today. I just had lunch and I'm getting to listen to this for however long we're on here. And so it's a good day so far. Well, I just accept you all exactly where you are at. I want you to know that this is a space where you can bring the good, the bad, the fugly, and we will hold it with you together. And I am just so excited, like I said, to be able to come here and to see your wonderful face. So thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing where you're at. And hopefully you take a little spark of encouragement and inspiration away with you, whether you're post-call, in the hospital, going on a hike, sitting in the snow, are going to go scrub a freaking red spot off your couch after this. We're going to do it with a little bit more joy and fun. All right. So the rules, like I've talked about a little bit, this is an absolutely safe space. 
during the recording time, we won't dig into a lot of things, but afterwards, everything goes off and we'll really get to talking a little bit more. All right, so boundaries. How boundaries contribute to our stuckness. Who here would say that you are awesome with boundaries, you have no problems, everything is perfectly set in place? I know I still can't do that. (laughs) I'm the freaking leader of the seminar. So yeah, so that's why it's so very important that we talk about boundaries and that we start to establish who they are and what they are. All right, so I want you to think of a picture in your head. When I say the word boundaries, how would you envision your boundaries looking? Anybody want to throw an answer out here for me? No, I feel like my boundaries are much different now. Like my kids are grown and out of the house and it felt like before, or, you know, it was just trying to manage the whole kid thing and their activities and like, where are we going? What are we doing? And when do I find time for myself? And now my boundaries are probably more at work. What I say yes to, what I say no to. Anybody else? One thing that I've been learning is all of my life, I have done so much to try to be there for everyone else and be of service and be a leader and do this and do that. And trying to take care of so many people and things has been like juggling the chainsaws mixed with the apples while doing pirouettes and public speaking. And it doesn't always work. So what I've been learning about boundaries is knowing my limits is also being an expert in my own field in a way that I don't need to think and worry about taking care of everyone else's. So having my own expertise more delineated is allowing me to also focus myself in a different way. How I see my boundaries, I was going to illustrate, you guys really got serious on me, but I'm glad. I envision my boundaries as a white horse fence. So I'm in Southern Indiana. We're real cool, close to Kentucky. There's all the horse. We've got horses on our side of the river, but there's horses on the other side. And so growing up, I I grew up actually putting fence posts in the ground, delineating where our land started and someone else has stopped. And so a lot of times when I think about my boundaries, I think about literally a fence that either the fence post wasn't put in the ground well and it fell over or some like horse got spooked and like knocked it off. And actually one of my good friends, she's here today. She told, she told me about her boundaries one time and about envisioning herself like in this like shielded bubble. And I'm so glad she put it in the comments because I was actually going to use it. But that like force field, maybe if you're like a Star Trekky nerd like I am, and I watched it with my dad in the 80s and 90s, like when the force field went up around the Star Trek Enterprise, boom, you know, that blue around it. Another way to like think about boundaries and stuff. I had one client one time, she was on the Eastern Seaboard, and she always thought her boundaries were like a seawall. And sometimes it was like an old cruddy one that was like leaning all the way over because the ocean had eroded it. And other times it felt like a very strong cemented one. And I think it's important to establish, like you guys have already been saying, like where your boundaries are at. But I also think it's important too to like have a physical representation of what your boundaries feel like. Because it's not if your boundaries are going to get encroached upon, it's when. And so you need to know like where your strength comes from and how you build that up. I like this picture because (laughs) there's no boundary here. Are you kidding me? So that's one of the exercises I want you to do after this workshop is in picture form, 
think about what your current boundary situation looks like. And like me mentioned, you could have like a picture of what it used to look like. And then maybe think about one, how you want it to look in the future. Makes sense. All right. Let's talk a little bit more to um, getting into the next part of boundaries is what do you guys need to know when it comes to boundaries? So I have seven things that I think are really important to know about boundaries. And they come down to break into these different categories. So rigid boundaries, loose or porous boundaries, and healthy boundaries. Has anybody ever heard of categorizing boundaries like this? Give me like a head shake or like, no, never heard this one. I like flipping through the video and looking at you guys if you're like, no, I don't know. Okay, good. You don't know. So let's talk about this then. So first, the seven things you need to know about boundaries is one, they're based on beliefs, thoughts, feelings, decisions, choices, wants, needs, and intuitions. Let me say that again. So our boundaries are based off of our beliefs, our thoughts and feelings, decisions and choices, our wants and needs, and our intuitions. And boundaries are there to protect us, first and foremost. They also help us to meet our needs. And they connect us to ourselves from being on the line of like, this is where I end and this is where you begin when it comes to relationships. And that can be relationships with other people. That can be relationships with things. That can be relationships with other thought ideas. But it's giving you that line of like, this is where I am line. This is where you or that other thing begins. Boundaries typically are best when they're clear, firm, maintained, but also flexible. So again, that's where my illustration of a good horse finch comes in, is that it needs to be like you need to mow around it. You need to maintain those posts, make sure the wood's not rotting, make sure nothing's loose. But it's also got to be flexible enough for like when somebody runs into the fence that it bends and doesn't break. Six, your boundaries will disappoint and upset other people because there's that friction point, that stop point. This is you, this is me, ends. So remember, you're not doing anything wrong if other people get upset or disappointed. And the last one is to know is that everyone's boundaries are different. I can't come into this class and be like, this is what your boundaries have to be. That's for you to determine. Just like your picture of what your boundaries looks like is for you to determine. And so let's talk about the different types of boundaries. So if you have very rigid boundaries, this means at times you avoid close relationships. You don't like people bumping up against your boundaries. You don't like intimacy. You're unlikely to ask for help. I will take care of everything. You have few close relationships. You're very protective of personal information. You sometimes seem detached with your intimate relationships and you keep people at a distance, which that means this leads to isolationism when our boundaries are too rigid. This called it porous. I like to use the word loose. So when you have loose boundaries, you tend to have TMI and you overshare. You have difficulty saying no to other people. You over-involve yourself in other people's problems. You step over into their property line way too much. And you depend on the opinions of others on your property line or on your side of the boundary. You accept abuse or disrespect and you fear rejection. You fear the disappointment of others. So when you have loose boundaries, it is emotionally draining because you are running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to take care of everyone. Finding that balance between rigid and loose means you value your own opinions. You don't comprise your values for other people, but you can see maybe why that's important to them. You share your 
personal information in a way that isn't over or under sharing. You know your personal wants and needs and you can communicate them. That's a big one. And you accept when others say no and when, when you are told no as well. And the great thing about forming these healthy boundaries is it establishes more self-esteem because you know what you want and you're advocating for what you want. It gives you more independence, autonomy. It helps conserve your energy and it actually gives you more fulfilling relationships because you're able to say like, no, this is kind of the line and this is where I will meet you. And so you're not holding people at arm's length, but you're also not letting them trample all over your property, your field, using that fence analogy. Does that make sense? What thoughts kind of percolate up to the surface as I'm talking about rigid boundaries, loose boundaries, healthy boundaries, or the seven things you need to know about boundaries? So for me reading this, I'm like thinking, okay, a little bit of the rigid and the loose over like my young adult years growing up, like maturing. I feel like maybe after a couple of years of becoming a mom and my age, I'm going like full force to the healthy one and I'm feeling so awesome about it. Uh, but yes, I can definitely, you know, relate to being in, you know, the other two not so healthy <laughs> boundary styles uh, while, you know, like not really growing, but, you know, being as an adult, a young adult. So yeah. I guess, you know, you keep developing this thing to the point that you feel exactly. you're in a healthy boundary thing. And that's the thing too, boundaries are not always static. Like we're always learning, they're always changing, that sort of thing. And the other thing to remember is to give yourself compassion on this. Maybe this is the first time you've really sat down and thought about your boundaries and really looked at it. And you're like, ooh, I'm a little bit of rigid and a little bit of loose and maybe got some healthiness in it. And remember, it's not about like changing everything right now. It's just about like bringing the awareness and realizing, oh, I can maybe do this a little bit different and a little bit better and have a little bit better outcome. So I think that's really good that you're like able to identify yourself. Me reading this over, I can identify places in my life where I've like been too stiff armed. And then other times I've been like too much in other people's drama. But what that gives us is that experience to know like, okay, somewhere the boundary lies in between those two. And then we get to set it. And remember, Boundaries get to be flexible, not overly flexible where you get walked over, but there are situations where you can kind of flex it a little bit more in other times. So great. Can I ask, where did you get that system from? Did you come up with it yourself or did you have different sources? No, actually in the psychology world, there's a lot of work that's coming out on boundaries. So I think I nabbed it off of one of the societies of psychology. I can get it to you later. That'd be great. Thanks awesome. And yeah, it makes a great point in the chat. She says that she finds that different relationships have different boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Then in different situations, you guys, if you follow me for half a minute, you know, I love the wheel of life. And so think about those different quadrants in the wheel of life and how you can have different boundaries with like friends, with work, with your relationship with money, with the relationship of yourself. Definitely different boundaries in different situations. And that's why I think it's so important for us just to like open up awareness and not evidently judge ourselves like, oh my God, my boundaries are so terrible. But what I do want you to do is I want you to think about a place in your life where maybe your boundaries have not been the best. Everybody got something in mind? Now let's talk about the nine steps that I think are important to improve your boundaries. 
And these are all mine, by the way. No, no psychology thing. This is just pure Aaron Wiseman's ass right here. So number one, know yourself and be clear on what you value. If you don't even know yourself, you don't even know where your property lines lie. How do you set a fence up on it? You can't. So I think it's so very clear to get back in touch with who I am, what I stand for, what is important to me, so that I can place those boundary markers. Giving myself the self-compassion to know that it can change in the future. I can grow. I can maybe shrink in another area that I don't want to overexpand in anymore. But it's really important to key in on yourself and be really clear on who you are and what you value. There is a page in my book, Dr. Me First, that is like the top 10 questions that I ask. It's called Know Thyself. And I think that's an important thing that I still have to kind of continually go back to because as life changes, we learn, we shift, we change. But before we get onto ourselves about harsh boundaries, we've got to make sure we know ourselves and we're clear on what we value. Two, we've got to be able to communicate our boundaries with assertiveness. Who here knows I statements? Give me a head shake. I'll flip through and see if people are like, yeah. Okay, I see a few people are like, yes, I know I statements. I'll be perfectly honest. I learned I statements in pre-marriage counseling. That's right. My husband and I, before we got married, I was like, we got to have to start therapy early. Just telling you. So we did. (laughs) I'm so glad we did because our therapist at that time taught us how to communicate. You is a very pointed, blame, shame, packed statement. So instead, learning how to say, I feel, insert your feeling, I feel frustrated when, insert the circumstance, when I come home from hiking and find a red spot on the couch. Next, you use your next I statement. I need, and I guess my one coming off the cuff would be like, I need that home to continue to operate even if I'm not physically in it. And that'll be some I statements that I will have to give my husband later tonight when he gets his butt out of a tractor. We talk about the red spot on the couch. But can you see where I say, I feel frustrated when I came home and saw the red spot on the couch. I need to know that everything is taken care of when I'm away from the home. How that's different than like, you freaking let the kids get a red jello spot on the new couch. What the hell are you doing? Right? Even though internally, I kind of want to say that but I know it's not going to be best <laughs> for, for my relationship. So work on I statements. So here it is. Here's the breakdown again. I feel blank, insert feeling, when, insert circumstance without any blame. I need and insert what you are needing. The next step from that is asking if they would be willing to help. Would you be willing to help with my need? And I'll tell you, a good portion, like 99 times out of 100, my husband's like, yes, I will help you with that. And if he doesn't, then that's where he gets to say his I statement. I feel, however, when you just told me your I statement, because, and so see how that kind of works and it opens it up. Let's go to number three with boundaries. When it's a no, say no without offering any other information or emotional energy to the person you're saying no to. This is my favorite statement. No is a complete sentence. But how many times do we feel like when we say no, we've got to say, but because uh, uh, maybe I'll make it work, uh, uh, all of that sort of thing. And what I want you to get used to doing is that no 
doesn't feel the best, but it's establishing that boundary line that is so important because not everybody needs the explanation. They just need to know that you're a no. Because the other thing too is if you just say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. If you're saying no and putting up a boundary line, then you're saying yes to everything else that's in your pasture that you get to take care of. So try on saying no without anything else. So I literally had this on Friday. I was hiking in the woods and I got a text message from my office manager at the residency that I'm a faculty at. And she said, can you come in and cover Monday morning? And I just typed back and it took me a little while. I typed no. And then I wanted to type some more. I was like, no, period. And what did she do? She went on with the rest of her day and she's probably got it figured out for Monday. So I just want to remind you, no is a complete sentence. And you're doing a great job with it when you just say no. Four, this is when I was talking about staying flexible. Get out of black or white thinking, all or nothing, and stay away from trying to fix things or judge them when it comes to your boundaries. So again, staying flexible means a little bit of give and take. It doesn't mean like just throwing your fence over and letting the stampede come in. It's saying that you can give on some things that you feel like are appropriate to give on, but you don't have to go to the point of like, oh, I have to do this always because this is what I've always done in the past. And also remember, it's not your job to fix everyone else's problems. I know as a female physician where I have worked, there's been many times that they've come to me to fix certain problems in the office that I look at and I'm like, what are the dudes saying about this? Have you approached them about the stupid Christmas potluck or, you know, the gift exchange, like, that's not my problem to fix. That's someone else's, or it's just someone else who needs to learn to set a boundary and say yes or no, but they're trying to shift it onto you. Number five, respond instead of react after pausing. Number five is a big one for me. I'm very much the type of person that just kind of like, and it just comes out. And so what I've learned to do is when someone asks a request to me or where I feel that resistance, like they're bumping up against one of my boundaries. Oh, can you work on Fridays? I don't work on Fridays anymore. That's like part of my burnout recovery plan is that I don't work on Fridays. And before I react, I take a breath in, count to five, and then respond rather than just flashing out and reacting. Number six, continue trying on self-compassion. Self-compassion has been a huge game changer in my life. So much so that I have a little post-it note that sits here on my desk to remind myself self-compassion. So if you don't know her, I've talked about her a lot on the podcast. And actually this coming, there's an episode coming up this week that's launching that talks about Dr. Kristen Neff. And she wrote a book called Self-Compassion. She's actually a colleague of Brene Brown down in Texas. And I would highly recommend any of her literature. But the thing she talks about with self-compassion and how we're not taught it as girls is because we're always taught to be selfless instead of showing self-compassion. And so she has this little mantra that I like to say a lot. This is a moment of suffering and this is hard. Suffering is a part of life and everyone feels like this sometimes. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I hold my feelings and thoughts in tenderness. May I give myself the compassion I need. And so that's a post-it note that I have to sit and like remind myself at times that when I'm in the middle of boundaries or trying to make a decision or anything like that, so, so, so important 
to do that. So self-compassion is a good one to try on. Seven, feel what you feel. And remember that you are not responsible for or need to take on the emotions of other people. You can give their feelings and their thoughts and their expectations right back to them. Many times we compromise our boundaries because we've taken on the emotional state of other people. Will you switch a call with me? My kids got X, Y, and Z. Da, 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 da. And in the back of your head, you're like, well, I would kind of like to see my kids that weekend. That's why I took the call off. But I guess, I guess I'll take that on for you. No, no more, my friends. Remember, feel what you feel. And you are not responsible to hold or to take care of the emotions of other people's. You just get to give that right back to them because they're an adult and they get to figure that out too. All right. Number eight is get support with your boundaries work. One of the best places that I think getting support happens is through coaching. It's where you kind of just get to like lay it all out and be like, am I totally crazy here? Where, where is this boundary line? Why do I feel like so much crap? And then kind of backing up and understanding like where it is. So it can be through a coach. You can get support through close friends. You can get support through any other number of sources. But what I always tell people is before you start like pouring your soul out to someone, make sure that it's a trusted space. Not everybody gets to know about your junk and not everybody gets to support you. So it's important to think about it in that space. And number nine, remember, this is always a work in progress when it comes to boundaries. Let me tell you a little story. So this is about a lady. I forget which country it was, Sweden or Norway. But she had these huge, well taken care of apple trees in her backyards. And people, homeless people, kids in the neighborhood loved these apples and would sneak in to her property to take her apples. And she thought, what am I going to do? So she built a taller fence and they still figured out a way. She thought, what am I going to do? I'll get a big dog. So she got a big dog. It still didn't help. And what she realized is there's a need that they are coming in for. What is the need? Well, they like the apples. And she thought, well, actually, I have plenty. I don't sell them anymore. I don't juice them. I don't make cider. So what if I just pick them and I hung them on the fence and said, here, here is my boundary. But here's also what I'm willing to give. And now the neighborhood will go by and just pick up their apples, occasionally leaving her some money, occasionally baking a pie and leaving it back on her her steps. But she said in the story that she's found a good compromise for her apple trees. And I thought that was a really cool illustration of boundaries. That when we constantly feel like people are like hopping over our tree, hopping over our tree, hopping instead of getting too rigid or getting too loose, Finding what that compromising state is like, oh, I have plenty. So here, let me figure out a way so that you can have what you want and that I can get what I want. And so I just thought that was a really cool story about Guys. Doors are opening soon for my next Burnt Out to Badass group. I'm so excited. And did you know that the group is now lifelong? So if you join now, you get to stay in it forever, or at least until you decide when to leave. 
So this group consists of female physicians and other women in high-performing professional careers who are ready to tell burnout to suck it and ready to reclaim that inner badass that they are. The class provides weekly support as we work through the Burnt Out to Badass course curriculum, in addition to a whole bunch of other fun stuff. I mean, we mingle, we build community, we talk, we answer questions, you get lots of fun bonus material, merchandise. I mean, come on. And did I forget to mention lifelong membership? I would love to invite you into it. I think it's a great opportunity to get everything that you need in one place and a little Aaron Wiseman sass with that as well. So think about it. Get in here. Join us in the Burnt Out to Badass group. Link is in the show notes. Don't put it off anymore. for masterclasses. They really are so much fun getting to see you guys interact in live, real person time. So I highly encourage you come hang out with me. It's super fun on a Sunday. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, let's get into this kick of encouragement. So lately, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's just where we're at in life. I have had several coaching clients who are pregnant, postpartum, or somewhere in between in that. And I thought, you know what, that can be a really, really hard time. And I know whenever I'm coaching them, we talk about all the things that are going through that. But I want this kick of encouragement to be special. For you mamas out there who are in the middle of growing a little creature, or have just given birth to one, or maybe you gave birth to one a while back, and some time has passed, but it's still still there, (laughs) I want to give this kick of encouragement to you today. So I want you to know three things as you're listening to this. I want you to feel supported, that you really are not alone. The experience that you're going through, through medicine, through motherhood, through everything in your life, someone else can and does feel the exact same way in this moment. It is the shared human experience that you are not the only one. So I want you to know you are not alone and you are 100% supported here. Number two, I want you to feel surrounded. As you are listening to this podcast, there's approximately several hundred women also who have either downloaded this or currently listening to it at the exact same time. I shit you not. In October, we had 6,000 downloads. So you do the quick math on that. There was 31 days in October. Divide that, have that divide 6,000. And you can see that there was hundreds of people at any time during the day also listening to this podcast. So feel surrounded, known that you are in a community. You are in a tribe who believes in doctoring themselves first who believes in advocating for yourself, who believes that motherhood doesn't have to take a backseat if you don't want it to. So feel surrounded, my friend. And last, I want you to feel special. So many times we think, oh, we're just one in a million and there's other people, they're out there kicking ass, taking names, doing better things than me. But hey, you are worthy and you are special. You're not just one in a million. You are a million. 
And you may be that to your family, to your friends, to your patients, to your past patients, to your future people that you will run into. But I just want to remind you, Mama, that you are special, that your experience is unique, that you offer something into the world I can't do and no one else can do in your special circumstance. So feel supported, feel surrounded, and feel special. Hang in there, Mamacita. You're doing the best that you can do. Keep that chin up. Keep the fight in your heart, the smile on your face. And remember the things that you are doing today, the rest that you are taking, the work on yourself will grow into rewards in the future. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Blinds and all